on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. After wrestling returns to TNT, we'll be looking at the good, the bad, and the nothing of the WCW Nitro years. Plus, we've got a major, monumental, earth-shattering announcement. I can't wait for that announcement, Crockett. It's coming. I'm very excited for it. It's coming. It's right around the corner. Here we go. Then your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 180, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast. Currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. He is the owner, proprietor, head trainer of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. The owner, operator, promoter, booker of Chaotic Wrestling. The permanent host of the wrestling podcast about nothing. We'll address that. It is the firebrand, Brian Fury. Rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it, Michael? Permanent host? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Mm, should we uh and fill in this seat nicely you, you are quite nicely yeah it's comfortable do you want to make them wait or no no no. let's do this you want to get right to it let's get to the announcement let's do it the announcement yeah you mean the major monumental earth shattering in stereo see we're we're rolling right now we are a team we're in sync yes uh can i be justin <sighs> jesus all right yeah <laughs> here it is the big announcement. Uh, well, first of all, I'll I let you j- have the floor here. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, I just want to wish uh, my friend Brian Malone as well uh, in his endeavors in ROH. Uh, we had a great run here on the podcast. He's a good guy. Um, but that's coming to an end, unfortunately. Uh, well, I guess it kind of already has it. <laughs> uh, like we did this over three years, every week. Yeah, it was kind of like the highlight of my week and it's kind of kind of sad that i don't know brian and i aren't talking like we used to uh it's kind of weird but anyway we do have someone here that is still talking to me you got that right and the wp again is not over not by a long shot it's just getting started it is welcome officially as my co-host hey oh, uh, hold on a second I, I gotta get something in the bathroom here one second what, what do you mean give me one second I got a little surprise for you, Michael, for the big announcement. Okay, it's on ice. Okay, Maybe get it. Hold on. He's getting up and walking away. All right. Um. You ready, Mike? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, hey. Uh, oh. Uh. Oh, is, can I take this? Can I take this microphone? Yeah, there's having to be a third microphone here. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh. Hey, Mike. Hey, hey, Brian, Brian Malonis, right? Yeah, well, it's funny, you know, uh, you know, I actually knew when the recording was happening this yeah, time. Yeah, Brian Fury, how'd that happen? Yeah, I uh, mean, 
You know, I still talk to Malonis, and I've been getting word that there wasn't a lot of communication between the two of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he hasn't really texted me. And oh, really? Really? So we took your phone out right now, and we screenshotted your text messages and shared them with the people. No text messages. One one way text messaging from me to you. Uh, I'm ready to come back. Uh, this is weeks ago, by the way. I only needed a week off. Where are we recording? What time are we recording? You even gave me a bum location and time one time. <laughs> uh, um, you I know, I mean, I mean, the other, the other thing about this is what's that? I pay for the goddamn podcast. <laughs> I have funded everything except for the website. So maybe it's me who's going to boot your ass out the door. Uh, yeah, you see. I didn't know all this was going on. I was kind of only hearing things from you. And then when I finally got the word, I have a reputation to uphold here. Yes. And I wanted to right some wrongs. Brian Michaels, stick together. You're damn right we do. So, um... What do you have to say for yourself, you dirtbag? Well, I... I was enjoying spending time with Brian Fury. I hadn't talked to him in a while. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you're doing your thing in ROH, right? (laughs) What, are you jealous? Maybe a little. Hey, just because Mike Crockett, <laughs> Mike Crockett is a has-been, don't make Brian Malonis. I never was. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Malonis, it's great to have you back, buddy. Oh, it's good to be back. It's, it's been a while. Be yes. Almost two months, at I least f- a month and a half. I feel like a new man. Yeah, you look like a I'm new do- man. I'm doing, I'm doing crazy things now. I'm a, I'm a deathmatch guy. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you got this, uh, this big bandage on <laughs> your forehead. What is it, like two weeks ago now? What's going on here? Yeah, I told you I'm a deathmatch guy now, Mike. You know, I'm even doing some underground ones, you know? Really? <laughs> no, not really. So, yes, me and Brian Fury, I don't know if you still listen to the podcast while you were... I've perused. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine. I imagine. The one where we say, we're talking about Brian Malone, so I'm sure you listen to that one. Uh, (laughs) uh, I assumed you talked about me all the time. Oh, well, we kind of did. Yeah, we talked about how you were steadfast in your refusal in the past, or or just your your position that you are not a a gigging guy. Yeah, well, because, I mean, no offense to anybody, I feel like it's a little silly for 25 or 50 bucks to bleed and take risks and all, all that stuff i some mean some people won't even die for 25 bucks <laughs> yeah or gracefully fall un- not so gracefully fall <laughs> five feet on a two 400 pound guys <laughs> or that but uh i don't know that story yeah you know i was listening i was listening to you guys talk about the pay-per-view and stuff and 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 how against it i, I was and uh you know, like I said, and Brian Fury hit the nail on the head, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> if there's ever a time to do it, it's your debut on pay-per-view, worldwide audience watching. I feel like I say this every few months, biggest match of my career. So if there was ever going to be a time to do it, uh, that was it, right? I, I guess so. Was it always the case that you knew going in that this was going to happen, or was it something that kind of came I, up I think last we had minute? A pre- no, I think we had a pretty good idea, the way we were building the feud, that it was going to be a blood feud. Who made it for you? <laughs> I'll tell you after. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> Fair I'll tell you off air. <laughs> so how did it feel? Fine. Is <laughs> for just like uh, another day at the office? Yeah. 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 It wasn't a big deal. All right. I told you I'm a deathmatch guy now. <laughs> 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 How'd you feel overall? But your pay per view debut, Death Before Dishonor. Very good. We were all really on cloud nine afterwards. I think, uh, you know, we were. I want to say like the the gif of Vinny was like the number one trending thing from the pay-per-view. So with him at the darts? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. So As it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty cool stuff. 
apparently we stole it from Kazarni, who nobody knows who the fuck that is. But uh, <laughs> he was on wrestling once, right? You were yeah. very angry earlier. Uh, uh, this this I guy, didn't know exactly oh boy, where it stemmed from during the match, just starts tweeting at like the Ring of Honor account and every account that's like every person that's retweeting the gif of Vinny throwing the darts. Just copying and pasting, like hundreds of times I'm talking about here, how he did this first, and da 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 and he posts a video of him in TNA. It's like, dude, nobody fucking even remembers this. We've never seen it. We have no idea what you're talking about, and you're just attacking us. So eat shit, dude. Like, so his social media team is coming after you? Yeah, social media team, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. I mean, this this guy's an idiot. Like, I mean, and apparently, like, he lives in Las Vegas, and somebody had said he was actually there. But of course, if he was, he didn't have the balls to actually just come up and talk to us. He just social media warrior, and you know, so the hell with this guy now. You know, we ignored him for a while, and, and I just had had enough of being buried by this guy. So, Kazarni, Sin Bodhi, go to hell. <laughs> like, so you fought back on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, boy. hey, you're gonna disrespect us? Go to hell. My goodness. Anyways, I'm I'm guns blazing, baby. <laughs> you got plenty to say. This is good. This, this is literally good. just this literally all just happened five minutes ago, so I'm still a little hot <laughs> under the collar about it. <laughs> so the so the whole pay per view, you felt very good about it, good about the match, and yeah, yeah. I mean, feedback feedback was good. I think uh, <laughs> I think maybe some people were a little horrified. Yes, um, including uh, Brian Fury here. I, I mean, there was like I saw like the fake social media outrage about it, and the same people saying it's too much are the same ones that clap and go crazy when guys take 14 tight bumps on their necks in a match and bump on the apron and guys diving on the floor which all things just as dangerous as anything we did in that match like i, I mean so you're you're a fake you know you're you're feigning outrage if if this spot offended you in some way you're just feigning outrage at this point like it's i mean again you're gonna clap and go crazy for guys getting dumped on their head 14 times a match then don't don't talk to me about the darts how is the bruiser dealing with the new holes in his body? <laughs> He's good. The yeah. bruiser's the bruiser's good. We're both a little worse for the wear. I think walking around uh, Vegas the next couple days, but you know, all is good. You did all right uh, the next day with the TV tapings. Yes. Oh yeah, big victory. Big victory. Oh, whoa! Spoiler. Look at this guy. This <laughs> is new Malonis. Yeah. Wow. Dropping some spoilers. Feeling comfortable. I mean, is it a spoiler? I mean, you kind of know the bouncers are going to win at this point. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Also, Brian, in your absence, you were on basically every other podcast <laughs> leading up to the pay-per-view. Yes, I was. Well, it's because you were ignoring me, so I had to, yeah, to get I had you had to, an outlet to get to find a new outlet. And get yeah, on the press junket. I mean, it really was like everything was set up by Ring of Honor, so definitely a new experience. And uh, I mean, I, I was it was couple times like hey can you go do this in like 15 minutes i i did one on my uh lift ride from the airport to the hotel in vegas <laughs> like i oh, had really? to yeah i had to tell the lift driver like hey i gotta do this interview can i just be rude <laughs> during this ride <laughs> so uh yeah it was uh but we did we did a lot we did a lot of uh, a lot of press for the pay-per-view is there anything else that is on your mind i mean it's been like over a month and a half since you've been on the podcast what else is going on in your world Boy, I don't. I mean, I don't know a lot. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I was on, so I don't know everything. All that's happened, but I mean, hey, I mean, coming up, Mike. I don't know if you saw the big announcement from Ring of Honor. What's that? Glory by Honor, October twelfth. I am in a battle royal where the winner gets a Ring of Honor World Title match that night. Mike, I could be the Ring of Honor World Champion on October twelfth. Wow, so that's this weekend. Yeah, right? like this coming weekend. But the next time, the next the next episode comes out, you might be co-hosting. The WPAN with the Ring of Honor World Champion. That's if you come back next week. Well, I mean, if I'm world champion, I might not need to. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Take on Roosh. Wow. Yeah. 
I did see that. What do you think about Taven and Arush and uh, Taven's title reign overall? I thought it was great. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I'm a little biased, but I heard you guys talking about this last week, and boy, did you hit the nail on the head when you talked about uh, all the internet fans who are upset, and it's like, well, yeah, because you're you're literally getting worked. That was me. <laughs> like, that was me, Michael. He's talking yeah. about me. I was right. Yeah, hundred percent right. We, we've gotten to a place with wrestling fans where if they don't like something that they're not intended to like, they're criticizing the product rather than understanding. No, 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 no. This is supposed to piss you off. This is supposed to upset you. You are not supposed to like this character. It's like, it's like uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, but now like villains are so beloved in movies and stuff like that. But I'm trying to think of like a bad guy that's actually hated in a movie now where it's just like if you were to criticize, like I think that they, they kind of did it with uh, The Walking Dead, right? The the dude who murdered everybody, right? Like I don't know his name. Uh, you probably know it better I, than I, I know. Negan. He would, you know, like, but everybody was like all pissed off about that. And it's like, yeah. of course, you're supposed to be pissed off about that. Like, like that's supposed to upset yeah. you. Like King Joffrey in Game of Thrones. That's what entertainment is. It's there's you know uh, there's this thing. And it's funny. I've heard I heard our good buddy uh, Donovan Dijak, Dominic Dijakovic, whatever. I can't say it like Michael does. <laughs> but in a locker room one time, burying the thought the the concept of good versus evil and how it's a passe concept. Well, to anybody who thinks that. Why the fuck are Marvel movies making more money than anything? I mean, Disney is just printing money with Marvel movies where the entire premise is good versus evil. So don't don't tell me that good versus evil is a passe concept in 2019. You sound stupid when you say things like that. Well, uh, the wrestling world overall really uh, is thriving. Thriving. And this past week was the debut of... Uh, promotion called AEW, the new fall season of uh, WWE Raw, and we're watching a Friday night. It is Friday night as we're recording this, and Friday Night Smackdown on Fox is on right now. We saw The Rock, Brian Malonis' favorite wrestler. <laughs> Pants fitting a little tighter. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very snug. Um, so, Malonis, we haven't really talked to you. How are you feeling about the new era of televised wrestling <laughs> i mean it's great it's a great thing for you know for pro wrestling um you know i mean we, we can say the letters it's okay we can talk about aew and yes. wwe i thought aew was great i thought it was a very good show very entertaining i watched the whole thing it was different from you know everybody compares everything to wwe so it was very different from wwe in the best way possible they did a good job um i think you know the build-up for fox and smackdown has been incredible like the, i mean it's weird seeing wwe talent on like football games and stuff and i'm sure there's uh i'm sure there's more than a few people uh who work for fox uh that are turning their nose up at some of it but uh, i think i think it's a good thing it's a good thing it's a good time in wrestling brian fury retired a couple years too early i think yeah it's killing me right now <laughs> it, is, it is yeah just do it's not over yet brian <laughs> i know I'm, I'm legit like i've been thinking about lots of things and i'm like man god damn oh the money to be made crockett you know there's, yeah. still, there's still time buddy i know oh, yeah. there's still time me, i know <laughs> next comeback on the horizon hey I, I would be in full support of this uh you know i, I think I, you know, it's funny at this time in wrestling and when you think about things like that and we, you know, we joke, we joke about you retiring too early, but I think of all, all the guys that we've wrestled with throughout the years that God damn it. I wish they were wrestling right now. Like I think about like Al, you know, Alex Arion yep. or somebody like that. Like, God, I wish he was still wrestling in the prime of his career right now. Cause he'd be making a lot of money. 
Like you know, I think of even a guy like uh, like uh, Luis Ortiz, uh, mm-hmm. who who's still still wrestling, but you know, you know, he's he's yeah, he's just doing it part time, you know, right now. And but it, you know, he, I feel like I feel like the first time I saw Ortiz back in like the late nineties, he was doing a lot of the stuff that's popular today, like twenty years ago. Oh yeah. So John Walters, another guy who did have a ton of success, but like. You know, there's a big list of them that we've wrestled with who you wish, like, man, I wish they were around right now because they'd be, they'd be doing so well for themselves. Yeah. Crockett, you might even have a deal, you know, if you stuck around. Maybe. maybe I'll... Or if he just spoke up. <laughs> maybe... <laughs> we talked about that. There's the, Mike Crockett blends into a background like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Uh, so, uh, Fury, what were your initial thoughts on AEW Dynamite? I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Very colorful, very bright, very light. Uh, I did a little channel surfing between that and NXT, and for the first time ever, I thought NXT looked dark. But when I watch NXT by itself, it doesn't bother me. Right. Only when I did the switching back and forth did it look like a drastic change. Uh, I still love the look of NXT. I think it looks great. But the channel surfing made it look really weird. So I had to just continue to watch AEW and watch NXT afterwards. But I loved it. I, I, I liked it a lot more than I thought. The Again, like I said before, going forward, week-to-week stories, long-term storytelling, um, starting to use more other and different characters. We'll kind of see how things go from there. And obviously the first show, you can treat it like a pay-per-view, have it set up, ready to go ahead of time. Where things go from here is where the real test is going to be. AEW definitely has a different feel. I mean, I, I feel a little WCW vibe to me. Maybe it's because Shivani is there calling it, which I think him, Jim Ross, Excalibur did a great job. Yeah, I, I think Tony Shivani was maybe the missing piece, um, trying to like bridge the gap there as that third person, because this was the best commentary I've heard them have since ever. Since ever, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like since their first pay per view, but no, it's like it's the best they've had out of their like five previous shows. And and Shivani refrained from calling it the biggest night in the history of, of our great sport. <laughs> he sure did. I'm I'm disappointed. He's gonna save that one. <laughs> gonna really save that one for something that uh really has an impact. No, it's a great thing. I, and I'm 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 happy they they were successful. Had a successful first night. Like uh, the more the more companies that are successful, uh, the better for pro wrestling. Period. There shouldn't be. Um, you know, let let the let the executives of companies I think worry about competing and all that stuff. As far as like from you know from a business standpoint, but there, to me there shouldn't be uh, a guy wrestling in the wrestling business right now that should be rooting against any company being successful. Like it, we should all be rooting that we we can all be successful. So and Brian Malonis, so you have a contract coming up in a couple months, don't you? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Seemingly. Seemingly. <laughs> to the untrained eye. So we'll see we'll see what happens. Hey, you know, and and, and this is gonna sound like uh hyperbole or whatever, but but in all honesty, there there's one place I wanna be and I'm there currently and if I could stay there the rest of my career then I'd be a happy guy. All right. Well uh I've open, up, oh, open up that checkbook. Yeah, hopefully nobody from the office is listening. I probably just ruined all my <laughs> negotiating leverage. <laughs> well, the way to make a couple extra bucks, Brian, is to go to brianmalonis.com, and I hear there's a new design coming soon. It is, yeah. Submitted it today, so hopefully, you know, sometimes it takes about a week to get up, but there's a, like a drunk Care Bears <laughs> design of Vincent of the Kingdom called me in the Beer City Bruiser, like either drunk Care Bears or beer drinking Care Bears or something like that, so... 
we said, hey, that's a hell of a t-shirt idea. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we make a lot of money off this t-shirt. Thanks, Vincent. He's getting absolutely zero royalties off of it. So <laughs> uh, there's also the uh, the beer, 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 more beer t-shirt. There's the uh, the old Kingpin logo t-shirt. There's a Brawler Malonis logo t-shirt. And of course, Mike, there's the yes. Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt. We've sold like two of those. <laughs> and I bought one of them. <laughs> We're going to keep that up there on BrawlMalonis.com? Yeah, we'll keep it up. Okay, that's great. And how about the WPAN.com? That is the WPAN.com. Oh, I was so devastated to hear the news. <laughs> and, I, and I'm much like Brian Fury. I'm going to need these really deviant ones uh, <laughs> offline. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about the, uh, the search terms, the creepy search terms. But uh, you can go to the website now and see our bios, yours and mine, Brian Malonis. Brian Fury... Uh, yeah. You can still send one. Well, I mean, I'm, you're I'm, a regular I'm, contributor. Well, no, I, I sent it to you. I'm just used to, you know, webmasters not doing what they're supposed to do at this day and age. So yours and mine both. I will. I will say. I will say this. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Crockett doesn't even know. About this. This isn't even a bit at this point. I have said many a time. He has talked about having you on. I said, why don't we just make him a co-host? I've said this many a time. So as far as I'm concerned, if where my vote is, you're welcome anytime you want to come on, Brian Fury. Thanks. Thank you, Brian Malonis. I appreciate that. We can make this a three-man booth. We can. The, the only uh, the only issue I have is uh, you know scheduling because it's it's difficult enough to get. I know. Me and you oh. After these past couple months, Malonis, I know what you had to deal with. This man does nothing, yet he's the hardest to nail down for anything. And if you heaven forbid you don't answer one of his texts back right away, he loses his mind on you. Oh yeah, but then he'll he'll kayfabe your text oh, for days at God. a time. I work a job. I run two businesses. I have a wife. I got a roommate. I take care of lots of people. And you, of all people, Crockett, who do absolutely nothing with your time, <laughs> whining and crying and complaining about scheduling. Now you know what I go through. I hear I, I, here I am. I'm traveling around the country all the time. I'm doing indie shows, a lot on the weekends, trying to balance that all with a. I mean, it's no secret. I've told everybody on this podcast. I also have a have a full time career that work between fifty and sixty hours a week doing that. Also have a family. Uh, also have other personal commitments, and uh, I'm always working around your schedule. Well, I know you guys both have your phones stapled to your hands. So when I send you a text, just send something back. I sent you a text in like hours upon hours later or the next day I have to say, hey, did you see this text I sent you yesterday about what we're doing on the podcast this week? Both of you guys. <laughs> and well, we I, have lives and we're busy. Yes, and then when I answer it, I don't hear anything back for like four hours from you. It's the same thing. Oh, you're sitting over there pulling your putt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's well, I can't schedule anything. A lot of pud pulling. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what the people that are searching for the WPAN are doing. But uh, you can also find the bios. You can find pictures there. You can find ways to subscribe. That's what you should be doing over there at the WPAN.com. All the ways to uh, subscribe to the podcast, all the various podcast platforms, including Spotify. And of course, there are social media links there. You can follow us at the WPAN of basically all social media platforms. So go to the WPAN.com. It is the most disappointing website on the internet for most people, but uh, enjoy. Go there and enjoy. And we want your feedback, so tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter. There. Take on this week's episode, your thoughts on our discussion upcoming about the good, the bad, and the nothing of the Nitro years. Use the hashtag WPAN, or you can call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. 
And before we go on, let's just talk about booking the territory real quick with Mike Mills, Harbody Harper, and Doc Turner. They do two podcasts a week on Sundays. It's the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursdays, it's the flagship show where they're talking about Jim Crocker Promotions World Championship Wrestling. And go to MikeMills.Podbean.com for all the latest on that great Southern style wrestling podcast can i just say the firefly funhouse is the weirdest fucking shit without sound (laughs) (laughs) like without context or sound it's weird it's weird it's a little weird it's a little weird weird and wild stuff have you seen one of these uh uh, yes brian i have they put them on youtube afterwards weird and wild stuff something else that's weird is our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast with Lil joe Murata and michael quinn he's a little weird but it's it looks good on them. Go to ovbpodcast.com for more on that great northern retro wrestling podcast. I bet you they'd answer my text messages and appreciate me. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Greetings from Allentown with PW Peter Winson. He talks about one single episode of wrestling television. He puts his own very, very unique spin on it. So go to uh, Greetings from Allentown on all your podcast platforms and subscribe. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart, Adam Salzer, Sal, all the rest over there at the Rundown Wrestling Network. It's a full network, rundownwrestling.com, for all the multitudes of shows they have going on over there now. They just split up their... Uh, original rundown podcasts into tons more podcasts so check it all out at rundownwrestling.com okay gentlemen i got two co-hosts here so this is new and we're gonna talk about something old you, you know, you've never been surrounded by so much talent in your life huh <laughs> <laughs> i guess not the good the bad and the nothing of the nitro years now we're from the north we're all northern gentlemen right I ain't from the north. <laughs> I'm a southern man. <laughs> can, can, I, can I tell you, my favorite thing to do, I, I won't say who I do it with, it might ruin an illusion, uh, but uh, one of my favorite games to play with people is uh, to be old southern territory wrestler and just talk about, boy, let me tell you something, Fury. I ain't much of an artist, but I can draw money. <laughs> hey, hey, them people, them people out there. Everybody else are looking at, and they know it's fake. They look at me, and they know I'm real. <laughs> Brian Fury, do your uh, very popular Ricky Morton voice. <laughs> I got to do it within the context. Can't just throw it out there. Okay, so that's a fun game to play. <laughs> it's also fun to watch the uh, Jimmy Dean sausage commercial. <laughs> look up Jimmy Dean sausage. Uh, was it voicemail feedback complaint yeah look that up on youtube that is uh very from the north (laughs) i'm a southern man and i like my jimmy dean sausage a little dutch girl (laughs) it's plump (laughs) no one knows what we're talking about just look at no no it's but it's worth looking up i don't know where you people come from i don't know if you test your products your quantity of your products your products are very delicious love your sausage for 30 something years but i can't take and feed a family of five on a little 12-ounce roll of sausage. I don't mind paying you more money for your 16-ounce roll of sausage, but you don't have it anymore. You've got a 12-ounce roll, and you've got three men that weigh over 200 pounds apiece, a woman that's a little plump Scotch girl, and a daughter who's 13, and you're going to try to take a 12-ounce roll of sausage and a couple of dozen eggs and feed that. It ain't going to work, and I'm not going to purchase your product anymore or ever again. And as far as your 16-ounce and maple and sage, I don't eat that. I'm not from the north. I'm a Texas man. Jimmy Dean sausage is for southern people to eat 
with the breakfast with the fried eggs and the T-bone steaks. And I can't see going to a little 12-ounce package to feed four, five, six people. And I'm not going to buy two of those 12-ounce packages just because you want to downsize and charge the same goddamn price. I'd sure like a reply, and I'd sure like you to go back to your 16-ounce package on your regular sausage, because I'm not going to buy it. Otherwise, every again, I'll just have my own damn sausage made like I used to 30-something years ago. It's not as tasty as yours is, but it'll work. Goodbye. Little old 12-ounce goddamn roll of sausage supposed to feed your brother and me and you 600 pounds of men at least. You get my point? And the two girls, and they put it in that fucking pussy roll of sausage. Son of a bitch. Somebody needs their ass kicked. Some little consumer geek aroid fucked this shit up. Save money. Save money. Yeah, save money. Save money. So fuck, I'm going to eat, goddammit. We're off the rails here. Yes, yeah, so let's get back on track. The good, <laughs> the bad, and the nothing of the Nitro years. So we're going to talk about something good. Something bad, that's pretty self-explanatory. The nothing, when we say nothing, we're talking about something that was probably perceived to have value but didn't, or something that maybe turned out not to matter too much in retrospect. WCW. I feel like my list is going to be very Ray-like. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's not going to be off the rails like Ray, but not a lot of uh, quality content over here, so we'll see. We'll have to do some uh, editing, <laughs> as we did with Ray. He's very upset that I edited some of these things out. And, Brian, you'll probably be happy with what I edited out. We'll talk about <laughs> yeah. it later. <laughs> so, anyway, let's talk about something that's good about the Nitro years, WCW. And I'm going to start. Uh -oh, I'm just going to no, say. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, right off the bat, just something. get this out there. Head-to-head -head competition. Oh, yeah. That's a good thing. All right. This is, what, this is what WCW brought with the birth of Monday Nitro. And, you know, Raw at the time was, uh, you know, you'd have one or two featured matches. You know, you have a main event. But it was still mostly squash matches, which, you know, they're good. They do the job. But uh, once WCW Monday Nitro came around and it was all two guys who are known on television going head to head, Raw had really no choice but to do the same thing and really up their game. And head-to-head -head competition that we talked about, you know, last week when the new Wednesday Night Wars, Brian Fury, we talked about that. And competition brings out the best in everyone. And this is what uh, Nitro did. This is my number one good thing that came out of Monday Nitro was upping everybody's game in pro wrestling. Hundred uh, percent. Competition is great for everybody because it puts everybody. On edge, it makes everybody bring out their A-game, and uh, the real winners are the fans. Mm -hmm. The competition here is very unlike the fake indie wars of New England, where companies pretend to be in direct competition with one another, but <laughs> <laughs> direct competition is a good thing, because it does force. You know, I do, th I do think your perception of this is very ironic and funny, considering your perception of ECW and what that did to guys, because you could argue that <laughs> with the advent of that, guys don't really get a break ever now. They have to go out and perform these very intense matches all the time instead of performing some of the easier uh, enhancement matches. So I think uh, I think that's an interesting take by you, Michael, considering your uh, hatred of ECW. So you're saying the head-to-head -head competition is bad? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying you're being contradictory of yourself. Well, I mean, I'm just talking about ECW, the overall... What happened to the look at the guys that listen, came out of ECW? Look at the guys that came out of ECW and how their 
holding up right now? I mean, aside from Tommy Dreamer, who's still doing well, we've talked about not too long I mean, ago. This is going to sound terrible, but have you ever looked at the list of WCW guys like who have passed away? No. It's pretty extensive. It's pretty extensive. A lot of those guys came from ECW. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Just going with your narrative. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Let's talk about something that is bad about the Nitro years. Let's go to Brian Fury. Oh, my God. You're going to give me the bad right off the bat, huh? Yeah. Well, you know what? This is going to be a controversial pick here. Oh. I'm going to say the NWO. Whoa! <laughs> I, 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 I will say that on my list, I do have the NWO, but some talks about for my, my bad was just more the oversaturation. And when you have these ridiculous promos with 47 guys in the ring and this you know, thing that was very special, and uh, you took it and you added, you know, you freaking added every every guy and, and guys from all up and down the card too. It wasn't like to me like the NWO should have been like this top faction. It should have just been like top guys, and it just ended up becoming so just watered down. And I know what the original, you know, you listen to Eric Bischoff talking. You know, the original plan was to actually make it its own promotion. So when you hear that concept, it makes sense, but it never materialized. And yet there were still 700 guys in the NWO. Yeah. It started one way and ended another way completely. Uh, (laughs) If it just stuck with the original concept, uh, it would have been fantastic. And it was fantastic at the beginning, but it just became, something completely different that was not good at all and ended up hurting the product more than anything else i think but it brought them up to you know putting wf down for the count you could definitely put this on two different lists but i think it was so much bad done with the nwo versus the amount of good done with it the the other the other kind of concept that I've t- and I've talked about on this podcast before I think I talked about it in the uh, uh, in the Civil War with Mike Mills, but WCW essentially with the NWO storyline told you that the WWF has always been better than them. I mean that that's essentially the yeah. crux of the NWO storyline. Hey, we sucked. These guys kicked our asses, so we went out and spent a lot of money and brought them down here because they were better up there. So I mean I don't know that that's the downfall, but I don't know if anybody ever really fully thought that concept through. So, Brian Fury, what would your ideal NWO be? Like, how many members would be in your NWO? Five, six? Five or six? Like I think the- even when they, when they added just, you know, Ted DiBiase, like, that being, like, a big thing to me, like, even that, because he couldn't do anything. He could not do anything when he was added. I mean, that could, added pretty early on. That's a pretty seamless transition to a nothing list, because Ted DiBiase in the NWO was pretty nothing like it was that was actually the guy that came to mind when i thought about like when the nwo went off the rails i think ted dibiase he was like the fourth guy he in was right literally like the fourth or fifth person yeah he was the fourth and then he alluded to a number five person coming in i believe that was the giant and then x-pac was six the sixth <laughs> i mean i i, I look it, it propelled them to enormous heights I think you could probably make a solid argument that had they just left it, Hogan, Hall, and Nash, that they still could have accomplished quite a bit and been just, and, and maybe it would have even had, maybe people wouldn't look back at some of the later times of the NWO and, ooh. 
But what would Virgil be doing in 2006 <laughs> without wearing an NWO shirt? I mean, we were in the NWO, for Christ's sake, Brian Fury. Remember our days? Like, <laughs> <laughs> What's the story there? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm saying oh, every, yeah. everybody's been in the NWO oh. at this point. Okay, hey, Mike, when you're NWO, though, you're NWO for life. <laughs> All right, no. uh, Brian, is, is Ted DiBiase or nothing, or do you have something else? I mean, I think that's a pretty good nothing, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go to something good then. All right, my turn? Yes. All right. I mean, I'm just going to say the early episodes of Nitro in general, like the old one-hour like one episodes, you know, right at the very beginning. Like, like, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you probably have the WWE Network. Go back, start the very beginning, and watch these nitros. They're so friggin' good. I mean, one, they just they don't fuss around. They get right into the wrestling. And then there's all sorts of, like, crazy things happening that you didn't see before. I mean, you think, I mean, there was a whole, like, Randy Savage, like, kind of going crazy thread that happened early on where he would just, he would, I think he came out, like, a couple random times. Just, it would just, it was fun and fast programming. It wasn't. They were an hour long, and you can rip through them. But it was just good, entertaining wrestling. And I, and I remember I've watched these fairly recently, within the last like I would say like six months or so, like the first maybe like three or four months of them. And they were so freaking good. It's no wonder why they were built a, a really solid foundation to go after and, and start beating WWE. Big Mongo McMichael guy, are you? I don't know about Mongo, but the show <laughs> itself was was very good. Now, what was your take on the very early episodes of... I know you were a uh, big WWF guy. <laughs> you yes. uh, were, anti, were you anti-WCW? I wasn't anti-WCW. I was, I've always been pro-pro wrestling. Uh, Did anything. you check out Nitro at the yeah, beginning? Yeah, I mean, I especially... You know, I didn't... I know you're a big dirt sheet guy and mm-hmm. whatever else. I was not. I didn't even know that Nitro was going to have a show... On the night it debuted, <laughs> laugh it up. Who I are didn't. you? Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> I just Raw was not on that day, and I saw Nitro, and I caught it very early on because I remember seeing Luger, and I just watched the whole show, and I was very excited that it was on. I, had, I honestly had no idea. I have no recollection of knowing that it was going to be on prior. I watched it, enjoyed it, loved it, and then it was a weekly program from there on out. Like. I channel surfed or set the VCR, different things. Like I watched regularly. Yeah, and they set the tone right from the start with the with the Luger spot and it being live and anything can happen when you're live. And that I mean, you talked about the competition first, but I mean stuff like that that forces the WWE to start thinking about like, well, we got to do live episodes more. All right, let's move on to the bad of Nitro. Back to the bad, and I will take this one. It's something very specific. I tried to not do like the broad strokes of the things that everyone always talks about. How about, does anyone remember the Eric Bischoff Tonight Show parody? (laughs) Yes. It's called like Night Shift or Night Cap or something with Eric Bischoff. Yes. It was Bischoff constructed a complete like duplicate. It was a replica, yep. Of the Tonight Show set with Jay Leno because Jay Leno was coming in to do the the Road Wild show and coming to wrestle and put Hulk Hogan on his knees with an arm bar. But Eric Bischoff... Noah expense spared put together this tonight show set and proceeded to do like a complete monologue in like a first segment it was literally like 15 minutes of a talk show and it just went on and on and on and on I just remember thinking like 
who is still watching this besides <laughs> you. me? You. <laughs> <laughs> but it was unbelievable. And as it turns out, like it was Bischoff basically stealing all of Jay Leno's jokes from like a, a previous Tonight Show and just you know rewording them or whatever. And then he comes out, and then Hogan is there as his guest. It was just absolutely brutal to sit through. Some reason I did it. I I don't think I lasted the entire time, but I lasted a lot more than I should have. But that was like absolutely fucking awful yeah i mean they're trying something different and out of the box i get it but yeah it just didn't land and they found out quickly it didn't land and they never did it again uh, i mean obviously you know, think about the tonight show that is a huge thing especially back then it had a lot of clout there wasn't a ton of late night talk shows and things along those lines there was tonight show and letterman and that was it and tonight show was like the show so to have that type of interaction with The Tonight Show in general was huge. Why not try it? It just came off really poor. Yeah, and overall, the celebrity involvement with WCW, who would you say Brian Malonis was the best celebrity to be a part of WCW? I mean, it's got to be, gotta be Rodman, right? I mean, it's got to be Dennis Rodman. The, the first match he or did, all right. Robocop. <laughs> Chucky. Chucky from Child's Play. I feel like I feel like it has to be Dennis Rodman. I mean, it's certainly not Jay Leno. It's certainly not. Uh, I mean, Carl Malone wasn't as big a star as Rodman, even though he was a better player. But they had so many. Like Kevin Green, he Shaq was on like undercard stuff. Shaq. I mean, Shaq was there. Yeah, and these are all guys that were currently playing. Yeah. So it wasn't guys that you know retired guys. It was guys that were currently on. Yeah, I'm the court. sure. I'm sure part of that was the Turner relationship with the NBA. I'm pretty sure the NBA has been on TBS or TNT for quite some time. Yeah. So um, I'm sure that had something to to do with it. Contracts were. What about Hank Aaron? Huh? <laughs> yeah, Henry Aaron. <laughs> yeah, contracts were a li- little different back then. You know, Kevin Green was during the off season having matches, wrestling like the Giant and things like that before. Going back to play, it was it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean the contracts today would never would never allow that. No. Uh, so nothing, the nothing of WCW oh, Nitro. Boy. Brian Fury. Do I ever get to do a good? For Christ's sakes! All right, the nothing. You guys are gonna steal my good before I get to. Do I, it. I, 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 mean, I could I could give another nothing if you want another nothing. Well, I could do a nothing. Okay. Um. All right. So I already talked about the NWO. I'm gonna talk about. The LWO. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that's probably the definition of a nothing. It was like an idea from like a backstage thing where the Mexican wrestlers were treated poorly so and just kind of became an on-screen type of thing. And the LWO was born, Latino World Order. Yeah. Just <laughs> kind of there. Just went away. That was it. It was nothing. You wonder why Eddie Guerrero ultimately wanted to leave WCW. That's that's a good one. And there were let's go briefly into all of the blank WO <laughs> ripoffs that were out there. You can get the BWO and ECW and every independent promotion had their own blank WO. The true World Order, the TWO. The TWO was the local <laughs> one to New England. But I'm sure if you're out there listening, if you went to any promotions, there was a blank WO in your hometown. But yeah, it just the there's so many comic cats. WO. <laughs> BWO. There you go. All right, Brian Malonis, the good. I get another good. Wait, did I just go to you with a good? No, why don't you give Fury a good? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Let Fury have a good. All right, I'll do a good. And I think this is 
to me, the biggest good in Nitro. It's the goodest good? The goodest of the good. And I'm going to say the Cruiserweight division. Okay. And I think the Cruiserweight division, without even realizing it, has had the biggest influence and effect on pro wrestling out of anything that I can think of in history. It completely changed the style of professional wrestling going forward. Just don't say anything good about Dean Malenko. You're going to piss this guy off. (laughs) Main (laughs) events in WWE and whatnot now wrestled in the WCW Cruiserweight style. That just wasn't really a thing prior to WCW Cruiserweight division. That's a very good point. Like Now you find a dive in just about every single match. and Then, then it was just the opening match of Monday Nitro when they had the Cruiserweights out there. Yeah, a dive, a, a, a faster pace, a lot of high spots, a lot of false finishes and, and different things. It, it, was, it was so novel and unique and different, and it became what everybody does now. So you had your cruiserweights, you had your, the Japanese talent was a part of that. Lucha Libre, I mean, WCW, well, ECW did introduce really Lucha Libre to the U.S., but that was uh, you know on a smaller scale. But WCW really brought Lucha Libre to the forefront, and they were part of that cruiserweight division. So yeah, I would I would say yeah, I I didn't think of it like that, but the influence that the cruiserweights had on wrestling overall, even to this day, is pretty monumental. Brian Malonis. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean they started the show a lot, or the, at the very beginning of the show a lot, and yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. It was on my I'm pretty high on my list too. Uh, Brian Ferry was the was the WCW cruiserweights, and I mean the WWE has tried to recapture making that a division, which to me in 2019 makes no goddamn sense because everybody's like. Under two hundred pounds, everybody's anyways. pretty small. Compared yeah, to, speaking. <laughs> but it made sense when everybody was two hundred and sixty pounds. But uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think the cruiserweights were were a great thing, and I think that yeah, they changed the face of the wrestling business. All right, Brian Malonis, the bad. Yeah, I'll give you something. It's it's again from some of the earlier era of Nitro, but do you remember like Bizarro, like emo Hulk Hogan when he like had his mustache shaved and he's wearing like all black and This is before NWO, right? <laughs> yeah, before NWO. Like he was still with Jimmy Hart at the time. I think it was like the build up or it was right around like the build to that awful triple cage match. Like just Ugly. just I mean terrible terrible stuff just weird promos like weird depressive promos it was almost like they were teasing a heel turn but yeah like dipping the toe in the water a little yeah bit. yeah but not but not really and it was just awkward because i, th- I think the the crowd had already waned on hogan a little bit there and this didn't help <laughs> like i i don't know if the the I don't know if the thinking was tease the heel turn to make him the bigger baby face or what what it was, but it was not good. I don't even remember seeing this until like I saw it on like YouTube way after the fact. I don't remember seeing well, it at I re- the time. I remember it happening, but I didn't I guess I didn't realize my timelines of a lot of things during that era are very skewed. It's so weird to me to think of what's going on on one show and going on on the other and vice versa. I'm I'm way off on things when I actually go back and look. Yeah, when you think about like some of the things that are happening in like like the WWF while like the NWO was going on, you're, you just can't even fathom because when you think of the NWO, you think of the Monday Night Wars. You don't think of some of the bad stuff that was still happening in, in WWE at the yeah, time. Yeah, when I think of you know just to follow up on that, like when I think of like the NWO at its peak, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, they're up against like Austin and The Rock, but no. When NWO was going, it was up against like Sultan Bret Hart versus like <laughs> the Patriot. Like it's so <laughs> weird to think about. 
Uh, but I so I remember Hogan doing it, and I guess in my head, it was just another one of those things that happened when he was already in the NWO, like when he was doing that other movie, and then he had that hair for <laughs> for like two, <laughs> like two appearances. Uh, I think you know he shaved the mustache for like a, a a role he was doing, and I just thought it was within that period. But yeah, I guess it wasn't. So yeah, it's just yeah, it was weird. That's. It was a bad. I mean, maybe it's the good, the weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right. So let me give you something that's nothing, in my opinion, from the WCW Nitro years. You're nothing. It's good to have you back, Prime Honest. <laughs> real uh, quick, real quick, before you throw this out there, I just took a look at your notes. Yes. And the first thing on your notes is you want, want to read that for me? And the bad 45 members of the now. <laughs> <laughs> of the N-O-W. Yep. Autocorrect. <laughs> Brian Fury. Autocorrect. I was framed. <laughs> All right. The nothing. All the right. Nothing. Go on. I will say the nothing. Something that really amounted to nothing was the warrior in WCW. He came out of the gates with a 19-minute promo <laughs> that, I mean, it kept my attention just because, like, wow, when is he going to end? But after that, he it was... He didn't run to the ring. You no, know, he didn't, did he? He just walked. And then he, there was trap doors and smoke and warrior signals. <laughs> that stuff was all really cool, but, yeah, it didn't amount to much. No. I mean, but there there's some terrible matches in there, too. And Hulk Hogan looking into the mirror and seeing the warrior, but... Or doesn't see the warrior, but we see him. I don't even remember which was which. <laughs> I think he saw him, but like, and we saw him, but like other people who were in the room couldn't see him. Okay, yeah, that yeah. was it. So yes, the warrior in WCW, but it did give us uh, the One Warrior Nation and the Disciple. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. He was ripped. <laughs> the Disciple <laughs> was ripped, and it was a you that said that you didn't know it was Bruce Beefcake. No, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't you? It wasn't me. Okay. But anyway, Warrior <laughs> in WCW amounted to nothing. All right, who wants to take the next good? We're wrapping up here. All right, well, it's my, it's my turn. I think I think you said the, the it was the biggest good, but I, I'll argue that what I'm about to drop here is the... You know, probably the biggest good I think in, nit- in Nitro history. And that's the the famed Georgia Dome Nitro uh, yep. headlined by Goldberg versus Hulk Hogan, where, where Goldberg won the you know won the world title. Man, um, the crowd during that match is one of the hottest crowds I've ever seen electric. to this day. Would you say it was a short term good, maybe a long term bad in terms of the fact that they gave this away for free on Nitro when they could have? gotten a huge i would think buy rate out of it Uh, i'm still yeah i still think they could have built to it and did it on pay-per-view but at the same time they could have done a rematch on pay-per-view they didn't even do that so (laughs) it was just weird it's just a weird thing that they never did it on pay-per-view the first time or a rematch yeah i think i think a rematch would have done huge numbers too like i really do i i, I don't think doing it on live tv and doing the title switch there you know I, I don't think it would have actually hurt a buy rate at all like that still would have been a marquee matchup that people would have wanted to see again so no i, I think the way they handled it ended up turning it into a short-term game but it's always 
Bischoff talks about it now in his podcast all the time. Well, what comes next? Well, what came next was utter trash. But <laughs> you know, like, but had they done something positive? And I'm not saying like I know better and I could have written it better or anything like that. I just what did happen wasn't good. It didn't lead anywhere. Um, you know, ultimately led to the goddamn cattle prod and and uh, you know the finger poke of doom. But um, you well, know, it's, cr- it's crazy to think that that happened six days before pay per view. It was a pay-per-view that Sunday. I didn't even realize that. They had the Georgia Dome for Nitro, and it was fucking packed. And then they had a pay-per-view that Sunday. I think it's indicative of the time, though, too, of what each company was doing on TV. And I mean, I distinctly remember during this era, like, feeling sometimes a letdown getting WWF pay-per-views because... They were giving so much away on free TV that I, I don't know how that was hard to top on pay per view. All right, let's talk about the bad. I think I'll go to me on this. Okay, and negative. <laughs> I got a long list here of bad things. You meant just mentioned the finger poke, finger poke of doom. Yes, I mean everyone talks about that as a a turning point, a bad thing. That for, was the same night as Foley winning the title, I believe. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I mean that wasn't. Wasn't a fun thing to witness, and the aftermath really didn't uh, amount to much either. It was just now Nash and Hogan love each other again, so that wasn't really anything, was it? Maybe it should be a nothing. I mean, it's kind of a nothing. So let me give you another bad then. How about this? Does anyone remember when Ric Flair had a heart attack? Yeah, I do. On Nitro. <laughs> I do. Oh yeah. It really maybe this should be a nothing as well because I mean it really didn't amount to anything. It, he just on the air that decided to have him start to clutch his shoulder. He slumps down in the corner and it, it, just gratuitous and you know just getting the people like oh turn over to Nitro because Ric Flair could be dying. That was I mean it was just a complete like uh, trying to grab attention. Uh, it was just it's kind of indicative of how the desperation of WCW at the time just let's. Have Ric Flair feign a heart attack and hopefully get some numbers. It was uh, very, very much a low point. <laughs> Did that lead to the uh, fire me? I'm already fired. That was yeah. That was gonna be one of my one of my goods. Um, was that that night Flair returned and yes. there was that real emotion there uh, with the Horsemen and then you are no good, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, Flair's <laughs> promo there was so intense and amazing like yeah that was fantastic and he's cried like every night since but that might be the first time he's cried (laughs) (laughs) okay nothing brian fury to me i don't know the nothing was kind of like how they would switch commentators like every hour oh okay you started with uh larry and tony and then go to bischoff and somebody else yeah it was just yeah it was just kind of like oh all right i guess they wanted to make each hour seem like a new show. Like, okay, neat, but eh, no, whatever, nothing. Do you remember when, like, they'd have a match in the ring? And then, like, the fireworks, the fireworks would go off. <laughs> they're like, oh, there's the second hour. And, like, people are just still like, all right. Yeah, it's funny for all the shitting people do over Raw right now. Like, Nitro was the original three-hour wrestling program. Yeah. Every was... Monday. Ugh. Uh, all right, we should end on a good note. You guys talk about me being all negative. Let's all give something good, finally, about Monday Nitro to close this thing out. Brian Malonis. Sting. 
the transformation of Sting into the man the, called Sting. Yeah, the, the, from that into the Crow character, the in the rafters, the whole year long build, which. Is it Michael Quinn that that defends it on OBB? Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. But uh, I I think that was that was tremendous. You never knew when he was going to pop up or the drop downs and the, the whole build of the, of that Sting Crow character and that era of Nitro was something that made that show can't miss. That uh, Starcade was just uh, so highly anticipated. I remember you know, that's like probably oh. the only WCW pay per view where I was like, you know, I have to see this. What a letdown! Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Letdown? What do you mean? But. I was by no means a Sting fan, and I went to that first Nitro that came to Worcester. They closed the show with him coming down and beating up everyone in the interview by himself, and the place was rocking, and I ended up buying one of those Scorpion t-shirts on the way out based on that segment alone. It was fantastic. Sting was so over, doing absolutely nothing. Well, he did absolutely nothing, and then yeah, the crowd, the crowd just absolutely. Yeah. That's how you make money, man. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> man, imagine that. That's and why that, Sting's probably walking around in better shape than most guys of that era. <laughs> all right, something else good about Nitro to uh, end on a nice note here. How about we talk about Hogan and Goldberg? One that's not quite as regaled. Is that is that a word? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, it's I, not, I think I heralded. Heralded. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Hogan versus Luger, where Luger oh, won man. the WCW World Title. Luger, that was crowd was going nuts. Yes, that, that was the first time someone like dethroned uh, Hogan from the NWO Championship. I remember that he, they cleaned the title and everything. Like, yeah, but the crowd was nuts for that one too. And Luger was a guy who, I mean, stinks. We could just say he failed in WWF. <laughs> I mean. It, by his own hand or by booking or whatever. Look at the he, lats. He <laughs> Look at the pecs. <laughs> <laughs> Narcissus. <laughs> um, but in WCW, he was, uh, you know, he showed up at the first Nitro, obviously, and he was just over. So and- we, he just looked like a completely different person the very first showing of Nitro. I don't understand. Feather, feathered hair. It, yeah. I can't put my hand on it why or how but he literally just looked like a completely different human being get that camera off him he doesn't work here it's the hair (laughs) which was genius at the time by the way genius at the time what the the call to yeah the the, the, the competition yeah yeah it was great because that's the first time of like the peel back the curtain a little bit type thing so i think it's the with the luger thing it's the hair he cut the hair when he left wcw to go to wwf we went to the wbf first but he cut the hair yep and then by the time he got back to wcw he had the like the short length or longer hair again it's uh, it's all in the hair it's like samson oh i miss hair <laughs> don't we all don't we all i still got mine i just shave it <laughs> oh, all right well uh we'll leave it to the new co-host of the wrestling podcast about nothing officially brian fury give me the final thing good about the wcw monday nitro years as we're doing the good the bad and the nothing of wcw monday nitro i mean this might be cheating a little bit because i said cruiserweight division earlier but basically you know you can credit nitro for starting the careers really and truly of like eddie guerrero chris benoit chris jericho uh, who went on to be some of the bigger stars in all of professional wrestling. Um, and it was really like a launching pad for a lot of people to kind of really get their eyes on them that wouldn't have other had a chance to in WWE or anywhere else. Yeah, it's kind of like what's happening now where 
there's a lot more people that are getting major contracts and major exposure because of you know now they have two wrestling shows on prime time and you need bodies to fill especially when they expanded to two hours and then three hours you need uh, more bodies to compete and be able to be showcased so yeah a lot of people got their start on wcw nitro not the least of which as you mentioned earlier the cruiserweights uh the lucha libre stars luchadors uh a lot of japanese wrestlers guys coming over from japan like uh you know gaijin like uh scott norton was a big player such gaijin yes thank you so much <laughs> uh, so yeah i mean a lot of guys got their starts in wcw and we're looking at Fox right now and Rey Mysterio. Jesus, where, where he where he's started and where he's gone. It's crazy. A legend at like, you know, 5'3". Yeah, it's crazy to think. Um, you know, for all the stuff people want to say about Chris Jericho and the longer time goes on, the higher up my list of all-time favorite wrestlers he becomes. He's got to be like number two or three for me, honestly, at this point in time. The guy completely reinvents himself time and time again um the amount of different characters and versions of himself he has kind of portrayed is amazing and just to think he just started randomly on a random nitro wrestled on a smackdown on a smackdown that's on tv right now on a pay-per-view like six seven days later against like dean malenko and it's just crazy to think about some of the people how they started from there Let's finish up this podcast so we can have a little bit of the bubbly, right? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Huh? Well, let's... sure. Pod, you know he's you know he's <laughs> got a lot of uh, pop culture references and different um, you know he's got catchphrases and the list and all these other different things he's had throughout his career. It's, yeah, there's it's, nobody. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, there's probably nobody who's reinvented themselves more times than than Chris Jericho. Every time he would leave and come back, there'd always be something a little a little different about him. And uh, Malonis, so you're more of a Miller Lite guy, right? Yeah. Why? Because no, no bubbly for you. Oh. It's Miller time. <laughs> you know, in the fridge, in the fridge, we actually have some of uh, Stone Cold's IPA. Wow. Really? Wow. Just, I'm, not, I'm not really I'm not an IPA guy, but... <laughs> my, uh, my roommate, Ricky, is an alcoholic, so he, he gets a lot of different beers, and there was some available, so uh, yeah, he was all about it. Well, let's drink to WCW Monday Nitro later. And uh, let's move on and talk about this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, oh, Brian Malonis, you're here. You're getting, uh, <laughs> you're hitting the highways, byways, and airways. I'm Chris, actually not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm home right now. <laughs> Crisscross the screen nation of ours. You're flying your trade as a professional wrestler. And it's been a while. You got dates. I do. Uh, this Saturday, Mike, I could, we already talked about it, but I could be the Ring of Honor world champion. This is a real possibility. I'm banking on it. <laughs> Put big bucks on it. I think it's going to happen. All right. I mean, any battle royal that I'm in, I'm clearly the odds-on favorite. Right. We all know, gravity. We all know how the odds-on favorite does in battle royals. Just get into the battle royal, Indian-style center of the ring, deadweight everybody. <laughs> you can't lose. I heard you're Bob Uecker's pick. <laughs> yes, I believe I believe so. But uh, Ring of Honor is heading to uh, New Orleans, Louisiana for Glory by Honor. Of course, the big feature matches are the, are the conclusion of the Ring of Honor, uh, number one contender for the World Championship at Final Battle Tournament. Of course, the final four competitors are Jay Lethal, PCO, Marty Skrull, Dalton Castle. One of them going to Final Battle to take on whoever the champion is at that point. Could be me. Could be me, Mike. 
Oh, it will be. <laughs> I think so, too. Uh, then, <laughs> then the following Saturday, I'll be heading to Newburyport, Massachusetts for Atlantic Pro Wrestling, uh, making my big return there, fighting Ring of Honor. Well, now I guess he's a Ring of Honor star uh, as of the Vegas show, Brian Johnson. So uh, also earlier from ACDC? <laughs> no, from oh, Ring okay. of Honor. <laughs> All right. What a reference. <laughs> um, earlier that day, I will be hosting a, uh, a seminar along with my trainer, Mike Hollow, uh, before the Atlantic Pro Wrestling Show. Uh, so if you are uh, a pro wrestler out there who is interested in, you know, learning from the world champion of ring of honor i was trying to yeah that's right you could be learning from the for the ring of honor world champion uh you know hit, hit me up and i'll give you all the details just 40 dollars uh four hours of training 12 to 4 uh so excited to host that uh on october the 25th i'm heading to south boston massachusetts for ufo wrestling uh, wrestling franco varga so, wow I like them apples. <laughs> I mean, hey, he's got—he's a guy right now. I think he's got a little bit of buzz out there. So, uh, you know, I'll beat his ass too. Uh, and then we'll round it out with some early uh, some early dates in November. Uh, 11 2, I am heading to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, my former fake hometown uh, for, <laughs> for Ring of Honor. And then the very next night, I'm heading to a Columbus, Ohio, uh, also for Ring of Honor. Both of those events will be able to be seen live by you, Michael. On Honor we'll do Club. new Honor Club subscription. Nice. Tremendous. All right. All right. And if you want to book the brawler, email BrianMalonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. Brian Fury, what do you have coming up? October, You're hitting the highways and byways. October 11th. Chaotic Wrestling returns to Lowell, Massachusetts. I'm not booked, Terry. November the 1st. Chaotic Wrestling returns to Lawrence, Massachusetts. What was that? Because it's still woobering in my phone, which brings a tear to my eye. Oh. Uh, but yes, it is Lawrence, Massachusetts. But October 31st, me and the wife hit the air, flat out to Orlando. Hey, Mike, did you get an invite to the final Woburn show? Not officially. I think I think mine got lost in the mail. Huh. You know, I, I think I think I think my invitation. I feel like I feel like I was a big part of the history of chaotic wrestling in Woburn, and I didn't get a phone call. You had two or three different pictures on the. Um, Woburn Wall of Fame. That got broken. That got well, broken. It did get broken, unfortunately. It got, it got broken. I, I, things you know, got a little out of hand. My feelings are hurt. My feelings are hurt. I feel like, I feel like I'm a Woburn legend. I told Crockett <laughs> to text you. He didn't? No. Oh, God wow. damn it, Crockett. <laughs> Never ends. Was my, was my photo on the wall? <laughs> no. I didn't think so. <laughs> Your phone number is in the bathroom, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For a miserable time. <laughs> <laughs> this week's promo about nothing comes from the year 1997. That's the year you graduated high school. The year you graduated high school? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm old. A little bit. And we're sticking with the theme. It is World Championship Wrestling, WCW. That was about 15 years after you graduated high school. It's 15 now? <laughs> yes. All right. You're close. <laughs> and we're talking about a guy. Crockett's Kroc- going to be that old dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That one hit. That, that, that was a deep cut there. <laughs> it hit home. Yeah. It hit home. Um, so Come play ball he's just he's, 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 he's despondent now. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about uh, a guy we talked about a couple months ago on the podcast. His later gimmick was Berlin, but here he is Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. Alex Wright was Berlin? Yes. Whoa. Can you believe it? 
It's like disciple and Brutus Beefcake. No one knew. Mean Gene Oakland is standing by and he's feeling a little cheeky this week. So let's go to Gene with Alex Wright in this week's promo about nothing. All right, Tony, joining me at this time, the young man, Alex Wright from Germany, who's going to be facing Ultimo Dragon. Alex to defend the world television title two weeks from tomorrow night, exclusively on pay-per-view at Fall Brawl. Alex Wright, welcome to Saturday night. Uh, wow, take a look at you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Take a look at me. Everybody out there, take a look at me. Because you couldn't afford those kind of clothes. Just look at me. Look at my pants. Where, where did you get They're... the pants? <laughs> Germany, of course. I couldn't I... buy here in the States something like that. Trust me, you, you can, can buy them. You can get them from a biker boots? in San Francisco. Ah, uh, pardon me? <laughs> Never mind. What about the boots? Where did you get those? Those boots? Germany, of course. Why do you ask me that? But I know you've never been to Germany, so I don't even bother. I, I have been to Germany. It's a beautiful country. Alex Wright, let's talk about some of the things that have been happening in your life recently. Hey, you, you Give see my apps here? Let's, yeah. yeah, we will talk about yeah. those things elsewhere. This is not the time nor the place. Alex Wright, Deborah McMichael, what's going on with the two of you? Oh, Deborah. Oh, very nice lady. She likes me. Ooh. Ooh, that's not the impression I got. I got the distinct impression that, as a matter of fact, she disliked you. She dis Was I wrong? Oh, no. She loves my dancing, how I dress, how I look, and, of course, how I wrestle. Look at me. You I'm would be a Deborah McMichael type of guy. Now, let's get down to the nuts and bolts of Fall Brawl and your big world television title defense against the Ultimo Dragon. Ultimo Dragon? He's an ultimate loser. You know why they call him Dragon? Why is that? Because I'm going to drag him from pillar to post. Get it? <laughs> My I wish I didn't. I thank you very much. Yes, Alex Wright. Here on Saturday night, coming up in a couple of weeks, he's going to be facing the ultimate Dragon at Fall Brawl of the War Games, exclusively on pay-per-view. You're going to hit the Lawrence Welk with that show. You've got to. We've got more Saturday night after this. Don't go away. So, yes, Mean Gene is... Uh... He's, 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 he's amazing here. Of course he's. He's always amazing. I know usually the promo about nothings are bad, but this was <laughs> fantastic. It was a great promo. <laughs> oh, it's bad if you're just talking about Alex Wright. I mean, me and Gene obviously carrying this thing like, uh, like a motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. Alex Wright had a couple of good lines in there. <laughs> <laughs> he did a couple of, he was joshing with them there and talked about uh, Josh. The dragon <laughs> line was great. Dragged him from pillar to post, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, Mean Gene just, uh, he, he had He's going to talk to him about, about his abs later on, though. <laughs> Elsewhere, yeah. <laughs> yes, not there and later on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can get those pants from. Uh, Where'd you get them from? Biker in San Francisco. Oh, People yeah. even get like that is like an offensive like joke at this point i don't know probably <laughs> someone's offensive. hey tweet us at the time <laughs> if you understand uh why that joke is offensive <laughs> and and what else is Al Al alex he's he's dancing he's uh loving life he's uh at the end uh, you guys were laughing over uh the uh, part where he goes, get it, and uh, Gene goes, uh, yeah, I wish I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said something at the, the end about the Lawrence Welk show, I think, which is, uh, I mean. It's a really da it's a dated, dated reference even for me. <laughs> it's a dated reference for like 1990, whatever that was. 97. Yeah. Yeah. Lawrence Welk show. So uh, not such a bad promo, but it is kind of about nothing, and it's kind of uh, carried by the commentator, and I know Brian Fury, me and Malonis have talked about how the backstage interview these days leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, we just saw an awkward one where she was awkwardly standing there, and they cut the commercial break, and they always like to stare off in the distance. And I think the biggest issue with backstage 
uh, promos nowadays. It is not like a back and forth conversation like this right. one was. It's they'll ask one little thing and then the person just does whatever their promo is supposed to be and goes from there and just takes it all the rest of their own. There's no back and forth anymore. No, yeah, there really isn't. It's just yeah, you're. What do you think? And then just let them go. Yep. There's no reason to actually have them there. Well, it's kind of like real journalists now too. It's the uh, can you talk about <laughs> rather yes. than asking any like uh, g- you know good hard hitting questions that might elicit a interesting response is talk you know baseball game talk about that move in the fifth inning you did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hear that on podcasts too. It's like, hey, give everyone your background. <laughs> yeah. instead of just asking questions to lead him through it I, like, I don't know if you listened to all the ones i did but there was a guy who like the stuff he was hitting on like this guy had to have done like some serious research i was really i've i, I wish i could remember which one it was now but there was a guy who like he had me and bruiser on it was like this guy must have done like yeah he had to have dug deep because i mean we're i mean he's just talking he's talking about like our indie careers and like referencing like weird matches and stuff and it's like wow all right tell me you went to taka <laughs> no no he was talking about he mentioned like like chaotic title reigns and like wow interesting stuff when people dig that deep it's awesome yeah it's, it's, it's really it, cool as, as somebody yeah it's like somebody who's like supposed to be like a journalist or whatever like you respect it because this person put in hard work not like hey uh, you're from the new england area talk about you know yeah <laughs> what can you tell me about uh John Cena's from there, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got to wrap it up, guys. You heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN. That's good advice for young fellas out there, too. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> good to have you back here, Brian Malonis. Isn't it? And hopefully we'll have you back here next week for episode 181 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he's the brawler, Brian Malonis. And he's the Firebrain Brian Fury. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing. Bobby Cruz, do 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 do. Bobby Cruz, do 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 do. Bobby Cruz, do 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 do. Bobby Cruz. Bobby Cruz, 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 Bobby Cruz,